Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. This is uh, Caleb, I'm Aaron, and we're just grateful just to be with you guys today as we um, just continue down another rabbit hole journey. Um, before we get started, um, check out our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, it's a great way just to kind of catch our content, stay up to date with what's going on around here. Um, I do love that the YouTube, man, divides all of our content up into different playlists, so it's a great resource as you're navigating life. Um, and then, uh, man, get, get on the audio version. Stop looking at us on this camera. It's weird. We don't want, <laughs> we don't want you to see us anyways. Um, but you know, check us out, um, the audio version, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen. Um, and so we still have, like, we get more views off YouTube, and I don't get it. If you guys just um, like the fact we're disengaged, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Adds to the... Uh... I don't think I've looked at the camera in weeks. <laughs> so... <laughs> Adds to the unprofessionalism, you know. They can just hear yeah. us on the audio, but then you can see how unprofessional yeah. we are on, yeah, on the YouTube. Maybe it just makes them feel better about themselves. They're like, That's I'm right. going to look at these two jackholes on this camera. Right. Just at least we're not even, that guy. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Whenever I get to feeling down about myself, I just look at Aaron and Caleb and go, yeah. ah, at least I'm not those two. Yep. Hey, I mean, we are here to help people. That's right. So. Whatever we can do. <laughs> um, so I will say this. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to go back, give it a listen. Um, we had um, my sister on here, and, and she's got uh, just an incredible story um, that's vastly different than my own in a lot of ways. And um, it's just amazing just what she's been through, what she's overcome. And so um, I know it, it blessed us just to be able to yeah. sit with her. And Your parents got at least one kid, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. One <laughs> uh, <wasn't> me. <laughs> and... Uh, Man, uh, so again, go back, listen to that, share it with uh, just everybody, um, and show her some love. If you if you see her, um, let her know that it impacted you, that, that God used it, as I, I know we will, to impact your life. But um, today, as we move forward, we are going to shift gears just a little bit, and we're going to be on a slightly different topic, and we want to talk about starting a recovery ministry and kind of the investment with that, and so even though this kind of comes out of line with what we typically do, you know, working on self. Um, we, we've had some people kind of approach us, um, mostly Caleb. Everyone knows that I don't know what the heck I'm doing, so nobody really asked me too much about yeah. it. But um, yeah. um, and just about um, doing this, and so, you know, we're um, hopefully meeting the need, and hopefully it'll be something great to share with people that, that you know. So Yeah, part of, the, you know, part of this came out of, so a couple, let's see, by the time this airs, uh, it'll be a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, we had our recovery roundtable. We yeah. just we just had that. Um, we had a, um, thought we did, thought we did okay. I mean, we, we might be biased, but, um, you know, that, but we have some people, you know, some people from our church, but also people from other places that had come. And, and one of the topics I was, I was going to maybe get to if we had, if I, you know, I needed to fill in cause we had some, some dropouts and stuff of speakers and we were, um, you know, I was like, Oh, what, what can we talk about? And I had this, this as a, as a potential backup if I needed to. Um, uh, but then after that I had somebody else talking to me about, Hey, I, I know somebody somewhere else that's, um, different state they're they're wanting to you know maybe start start uh recovery kind of off of what we're doing here now and so i thought well this would be a good opportunity to kind of talk about something like that because we do have you know um i know we don't have you know our tens of listeners that are out there but <laughs> i know some of you know most of us probably are church people or our recovery people that are listening but we also have people that are from all over because we can see kind of the map of where these downloads happen so we do know that people are listening from other places and maybe um, you're listening and um, you go to a church that doesn't have a recovery ministry or um, you're just you know thinking you know whatever organization you're part of or you, you could start or do something outside your home or or however so we thought maybe we give you a little bit of guidance on that so um, the first thing 
we're, we're talking about starting recovery ministry is uh, what you want to do is sit down and kind of map out your vision for your recovery ministry. So that's something we always do here. I mean, we um, we always have, you know, each each year, I know we sit down as leaders and we, we kind of think about what do we want to accomplish this year, um, you know, and that turns into to goals for us. But we always kind of have a vision for where we're going and we're always trying to cast that. And so anytime you're starting any sort of ministry or anything, for the most part, I would say you want to have a vision of what it is that you want it to look like. So you have something to actually work towards. You have an idea of what you're what, what it is you are working towards. So, um, you know, if you're on the right track, you know, and so, because there's so many things you can do out there, so many, um, opportunities and, um, you know, shiny object syndrome, you know, things that you can chase that you want to make sure that you kind of narrow down your focus because you want to be focused. That's one of the problems with a lot of, um, churches nowadays is that we, we lose our focus on what's actually important and we don't know what our vision is. And so we chase everything. Oh, we need to add this ministry. We need to add this ministry. We need to add this ministry. Well, why, you know, yeah. does it match with who you are as a church and organization? Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I'd say, you know, from the get go, one of, part of our vision was to, um, and I may word this incorrectly, but we wanted to, we wanted to kind of change the conversation about what recovery ministry looked like. That was one of our goals. So anytime somebody came to us and said, hey, um, you can't do this or nobody else is doing it that way, that was kind of like um, acknowledgement that we were on the right track because <laughs> yeah. we did intentionally want this to be different and look different. That was a part of our vision. I, I'd say another part of it was, you know, when we were setting it, we wanted to, to impact outside of our community. We wanted um, our, our reach to grow beyond Claremore with what we were doing. Um, so when it came to even doing this podcast and, and adding that, that made sense in the context of our vision because we need more content <laughs> to reach more people right. outside of the, the walls that we're contained in. And that, you know, doing a live feed and, and having good social media and, and a YouTube, all of that played into that vision. Um, and, you know, the, the you know, kind of core of it, which is a core for a lot, is we wanted to, you know, effectively reach um, hurting, the hurting, the broken and lost, you know, those people that are at the core. So those were clearly defined things, um, gives us um, clearly defined prayers, it gives us um, direction, it gives us scope um, on, on what we want to do in, in our community and our ministry as we're moving forward. Yeah. And, um, you know, talking about that, you know, we, the kind of people we want to reach, you know, that, that definitely needs to be a part of what your vision is. And, and um, you know, I'm going to tell you, you know, as Christians, we're like, well, we got to reach everybody. Well, you don't per yeah. se. You have to be, I mean, we obviously we want to, but you, you can't be effectively, uh, you can't be effective at reaching every type of person all the time. Well, I say this goes you back know. to, you know, when um, Paul's talking about unity in the church and, you know, it's like that the foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you type right. of thing that we're not all called to do everything. The body of Christ is called to right. reach everybody. We're just a part of that. And, you know, as ministries um, starting, we have to be okay with that kind of mindset that, you know, as a foot, um, I need to be okay not functioning as a hand. And I just, if God's called us to be the foot, yeah, let's clearly define what the function of the foot is, and let's let's pursue that um, intentionally and, and intently, and and do everything we can to be the best dang foot that, that we can be. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, you're right. We we are all called to reach everybody. That's our goal, right? You know, go out and make disciples of every nation. Um, but each one of us kind of plays um, our part, and 
and this kind of may sound bad, but you know, sometimes we just have to know to stay in our lane. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's true. I mean, be, I mean, so like, you know, my personality is going to resonate with with the group of people. Now, there's going to be a group of people that aren't going to resonate with the way I do things. Or and same with Aaron. You know, the way that he says things from you know the platform or on the podcast. You know, say. Like we've, we've talked about before, we you know we joke about it. Yeah. There's going to be, you know, some some maybe churchier people than us that that get offended by how crass we are, yeah, how blunt no we doubt. are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and um, obviously we're not going to be very effective at reaching. My those last people. message, I said screwed on the platform, <laughs> and it was one of those things that even I cringe. Yeah, like, you hear this hush. <gasps> yeah, it's like yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what the the thing is, and like um, we talked about last last week, we um, somebody had commented on Facebook that our our podcast is raw, real, and uh, relational. Yeah, they man, we need to tag. Yeah, that. I know we need to um, add that in as our like a, our tagline yeah. for our title or something. But um, but I think but that appeals to people, especially yeah. non church people. That it sounds you know we sound more like normal you know yeah. what, what they consider to normal be normal people. You yeah. know we're not we don't sound churchy, and so there's an appeal to that. Now. Um, and so that's that's good that we can we can because of that we can reach those types of people. There's a um, a lady in our community here that does a, a really good job of her focus is going into prisons and reaching out to, to to women in prison, and then she helps get them plugged into you know employment, um, into recovery homes. I mean her focus is really on on the women yeah, family restoration. Uh, yeah, family restoration. She does a great job with that because in part of the reason she does a great job is it because she knows where her focus is. Yeah. That's where she focuses. You know, she doesn't try to be everything to everyone. She, this is what she does and this is what she does well. Um, and that's great. You know, we need people to be able to focus in and and, and do that. So when you kind of come up with your vision, you know who um, know who it is you want to reach. You know, what are you what are you equipped to do? Um, I know for the book when I was writing it, I wanted to expand the net of people that uh, to help them understand that there's more to kind of a, a recovery than just drugs and alcohol that you can be in the church be struggling with something and, and to kind of break down this barrier of well I'm not as bad as that person because I don't have a drug and alcohol problem well you have you know a gambling problem or you have a if food addiction problem where you have a criticism problem because you're looking down on these people with drug and alcohol addictions you know there's there's a lot of areas in which we that are strongholds for people who have been in church and um, that kind of we put blinders on to because we go well at least we're not as bad as them and so that was that was part of my vision for that it was to to hopefully you know uh, open their eyes to to see where we're making idols of different things in our lives that are coming between us and God, and so um, that was part of my vision. So so know who it is you want to reach, um, and don't feel bad about that. Don't feel bad that you're going. I'm only going to reach out for these people. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. There's just that's we're equipped to do things, and we're put in places to to reach certain people and to um, you know uh, be effective in a, in a very specific way so so be okay with that yeah and even with that you know and, and i know we're talking a lot about what we do and why we do it um you know <laughs> having people that kind of pull back i've had people um comment on how we're not very churchy and again that that's intentional in Thank our you. In our, yeah in the vision <laughs> that, that's a part of the vision so what's great about having a clearly defined vision is sometimes you receive criticism um, and it's rather than it being something that causes you to like maybe reevaluate or to pull back, um, you know, affirms you're going in the right direction. It's like, okay, good. Um, you know, yeah, part of our goal. They noticed. <laughs> yeah. And I've had the um, other accusation um, on the other hand, which is kind of weird that we've had both of these um, people saying that um, we look an awful lot like a church service. 
Well, again, that, that's intentional. Yeah. There's an intentionality there. We wanted to be a step closer to church so that people had a clearly defined path into, um, into the body of Christ. And so we wanted, um, we wanted to be that next step. So there's all sorts of church things we've done and, and, and standards and, and presentation and all this to make it look like a church service. And then at the other hand, all of the communication is done in a way that appeals to people that aren't church, ultimately to make them more comfortable going into church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, no, clearly, clearly defined vision is, is so essential in building anything um, because without it, you just get off track. You don't know what's going on, so. Yeah, no, that's all good. Um, so yeah, so you want to you sit down and put some time and thought into to what it is you're wanting to do, what you want to accomplish. Is there, is there, do you feel a pool? Do you feel like God's giving you, um, I don't know, speaking of God, <laughs> when you're when you're trying to come up with your vision, pray, pray to God and ask him, you know, what is he, what is he calling you to do? Do you feel that you're being prompted to go after a certain group of people? You know, are you looking to, to, to reach out to, you know, men who have been in prison or women who have been in prison or, you know, people in your church and you're just trying to get the church people to get, you know, maybe open their minds a little bit more to a recovery ministry. So just pray about that and think about who it is in, um, and then off your vision, the next thing you want to do is you're going to create some goals. Now, I will say this about um, if you're starting from scratch, you don't necessarily need to be like, okay, next week we're going to start, you know, launch our big service recovery. You know, this is this is probably going to be a long process yeah. because you're going to have to bring people on board if you want to get to a place where you're having, you know, a separate type service. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a, in a bit. But um, realize that, if, like I said, if you're starting from scratch, your, your goals are going to need to, there's going to need to be some time behind them because this is going to be a process because there's some things you're going to have to do and we'll talk about it, like I said, we'll talk about it later that it's just we're going to require time. So don't rush this. Don't rush things. Don't do anything that you can't do well. And, um, you're going to hear me say that a lot on this podcast, but um, uh, be okay with it taking time. Be okay with going and saying, okay, in a year or two, you know, we're going to, this is where I hope to be. Um, but but your your vision is going to help shape your goals. So if you, if you're having trouble coming up with those goals, you need to look at your vision and see how fleshed out that is. Yeah, and as always, when we're talking goals, you know it's important. Um, you know we use the SMART goal acronym that I can never remember, so I don't know why we use it. But <laughs> uh, you know that's it. That's an element of this. You want to be. Um, you know, when you're when you have goals, you do want them to, to be strategic, to be time bound, to be all the measurable. Measurable. There we go. Um, Caleb, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Google smart goals. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah the specific, measurable, actionable, uh, 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 relevant, well, actionable or accomplishment. There's yeah. there's some variance there, but um, basically, can't, is this is this something that's feasible? And then they're they're relevant. Is this actually, it, you know, in alignment with our um, vision is this is it a goal for the sake of having a goal yeah. or is it actually accomplish something and there's time bound so yeah. there's time for and so you know um caleb says all that to say <laughs> yeah. no um you know so when we when we set out with with this you know we we had goals that that fell into that you know that we we could we could actually track we could see we could achieve um and then we had you know short mid long goals and we still have those um and you know we we set out we wanted to do a podcast, so we were in conversations for over a year before we did that. I um, remember. It was a long time. I remember <laughs> yeah. Caleb Harpin on me. When are we going to do that? What yeah, is that? yeah I mean, that's true. I do remember that. Um, <laughs> I mean, so it was there, but, I mean, it was a part. It fit into our vision. Um, it was a goal. And, um, you know, and, and eventually, actually, we kind of failed first because we didn't put time on it. Um, yeah. And that, that would have helped us a lot probably move forward in this whole process. But, um, 
once we did, I remember we finally set a date, you know, we will start here, um, and then we, we stuck to it, and here we are today, um, yeah. you know, in, in, infiltrating your, your audio world. Almost, <laughs> almost a full year. Well, almost, this is episode yeah. 40. Something so like that. We're 12 away from a year, yeah. right? Um, he, yeah, yeah. 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 That's crazy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, even outside of that, you know, there was other things that we looked at um, numerically. Where do we want to be in attendance? You know, we look at our attendance constantly. You know, you, you measure what matters. Um, mm-hmm. So people showing up matters to us um, because people matter to God. And so we, we have goals for attendance. We have goals for um, just a regular night. We have goals for events. You know, we where do we want to be? What do we want to do? Um, yeah. You know, this past year, um, we... We did an event, you know, our Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and even that, you know, it fits into the vision of what we're trying to do. We're not doing an event just to do an event. Um, and so, and then even with that, it fits into the vision. Well, now what's our goal? You know, we wanted to reach 400 people. Um, and me and, and, you know, true form moved that goalpost at the end to 450. But, <laughs> you know, we still landed at four. So praise God for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, what, what's, what are we trying to do here? Um, we set out a goal and a while ago to, to start the men's um, house ministry mm-hmm. and we put a time frame on it and you know we we track things and we made progress and um, again it, it lined up in our vision we set goals for it we pursued it and and those things lead to success as long as you're always taking steps forward I mean, we're always moving towards success crazy how that works yeah yeah and we do that to, to to this day as a leadership team when we sit down together and um which is every time i i talked about this at the the round table and i'm saying it now is, is a reminder that we have still need to do that for this year. Sit down as the leadership team and, and come, up, crazy year. come up with our goals. It has been, it's been a little bit busy this January, but yeah. um, sit down and, and come up with our goals for that year and, and try to figure out what do we want to do? Yeah. Numbers wise, what do we want to do? You know, do we want to add any sort of type of ministry? You know, th- what we do to our ministries or something we can add to make us more effective is what, yeah. what are the other areas that we can do to continue to branch out and, and to fulfill the vision that we've set for ourselves. So, um, yeah, you know, put some thought into that, into your goals, um, you know, and, and be okay with them having long time frames. I mean, our, we, we've been working on that uh, recovery house for a year, you know, before yeah. it became a thing. So um, so after you've got your vision and goals, uh, and, I, and I would do those, make sure you have those fleshed out. What you're going to have to do is make sure your church leadership is on board. So this is where a lot of recovery uh, recovery ministries struggle, is yeah. that if you have a heart for this, but your pastor, your senior pastor doesn't, then you're, you're going to struggle. Yeah, you're going to struggle. Because, I mean, if they're just going to throw you breadcrumbs, you know, for your ministry, then you're going to struggle. You know, like, okay, well, you can use this broom closet over here for, you know, but just make sure everybody comes in the back, you know, and especially yeah. if they got a lot of tattoos. We don't want them being in the front and make sure they're not around our, our, our people or, our, you know, I'm like, if that's, if that's what's going on, then um, you're probably not going to have a lot of success. And so um, I will say, and I talked about this at our roundtables, that usually there's three issues that kind of come up with recovery ministries that people are worried about. One is that you're going to have... Um, you know, disturbances, right? There's going to be, you know, shootings at your recovery ministry or you're going to be calling the cops all the time or, you know, and I, and I have found um, with, with ours, that's not necessarily the case, right? I mean, we, you know, we, we reach, you know, we've been averaging over 200 people every Monday. So we're larger than most churches in America yeah. on a Monday night. Um, and we don't, we don't have the cops showing up at a regular, you know, on, on the regular here. Um, we're not, you know, busting people with, you know, shooting up out in the, the parking lot or doing any of those kinds of things. Um, you know, do we have more, you know, problem 
problematic people sometimes than they would on a Sunday. Yes, but that's good. I mean, we're reaching the right people. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the people who need to be coming. So uh, that happens every now and then. You know, you have somebody who comes in that's drunk or, or whatever. Um, but you know what? People who are drunk typically aren't just super disruptive, especially if they're here. No. Um, so, you know, that, that, that concern is overblown in most cases, you know, that, that these people are going to come in and, you know, people who come to recovery ministry are just, you know, stoned out of their minds and they're, they're going to, you know, destroy the building and steal everything and, you know, break into all the cars. Like, that doesn't happen. All right. Not, not, not anymore, like so frequently on most <laughs> Sundays or whatever. So that, that shouldn't be a concern. The other concern is, um, uh, oh, my mind just blinked. Um, oh, what was it? No, no, no. I have one though. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'll one think. of the major ones that I I've seen mm-hmm. and heard about not only in our church and others is that um, church leadership sometimes isn't on board because they feel like um, it's almost a church within a church. Yes, and, that is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's thank you. <laughs> and so what happens with that is you've got um, you've got a divided congregation. You've got divided goals, you've got divided vision. And so one of the, the great ways to, to have church leadership on board is to come alongside like every ministry in a church should do and supplement the primary vision and goals of the church. Um, you know, we, we're invested in because we invest in what takes place here every other day of the week. You know, we have people from our recovery ministry that serve everywhere. They show up on Sunday, they give, they, they're partnered with the vision of the church. Um, and that's one of the ways to combat that. And, and absent of that, um, you, you can get a, a great division, great divide, and it's almost um, as if two bodies are functioning within one building. And that's wildly unhealthy for both ministries. Um, so making sure again that um, that you line up with church leadership, that if you're going to do this at, at your church, you need to have conversations with your senior pastor. You need to figure out how um, you can um, come alongside, support what they're doing, um, because the more you do that, um, which is what we've done, you know, we've effectively done that. And because of that, um, why would you not invest in this? If it's, if it's feeding everything else in a positive manner, um, there's, there's no, there's really no reasonable response other than to say, this is a good thing. Let's continue to go this direction. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that was one of them was, yeah, that, you know, this concern that, you know, this is going to split off into something, something different, you know, but like Aaron said, and of course, you know, the, the, I mean, it's, it's a part of our church. I mean, what we do here is very much a part of the vision of Cedar Point Church. Yeah. And so that's why we're su- such an alignment. And so that would be the thing is like, you know, if your church is worried about this, like, well, what's your church's vision? I mean, are, are they there to reach people? I mean, what are they doing? You yeah. know, and, and I mean, that should be um, from them. Uh, you know, the pastor should, should do the same thing. It's like you should be focused on what your vision is. So, um, you know, you should be starting ministries that are in accordance with that vision. And, and I would hope to shout that you know a recovery ministry would be within the vision of a church of a christian church because what is a recovery ministry ultimately is to reach people that are hurting and broken um and and to reveal to them you know what their life could be like uh living with jesus christ as their lord and savior so i i I would be hard-pressed to understand a church that would not a recovery ministry wouldn't fit in there um but like i said all that to say that the utmost importance, if you are to start one, is to have, you have to have your senior leadership on board. Um, and they have to be an encouragement to you. Um, they have to be willing to invest in, you know, allow you to have resources, not to 
to treat you like a redheaded stepchild of ministries where they get, like I said, they're like, you know, that's fine. Just do it. And the, you know, here's this, you know, have everybody come in the back and they shouldn't be ashamed of what you're doing. Like that's, that's a bad, that's a bad omen for you if you're trying to start a recovery ministry. So the next thing, once you, once you have the okay there, <clears throat> uh, what I would tell you to do, you know, people like, you know, they come here and see what we do. And, you know, we have, you know, quite a big meeting on a Monday and, and everything, but that's not where you're going to start. You know, that's definitely after a number of years of, of work and effort. Um, what I would do if I were you is I would start with running small groups or in-depth studies. So obviously I'm going to plug my, my book here yeah. and this is what I would tell you to do. And, and one thing we haven't talked about on, um, on our podcast here is that I've actually created a separate, a, a second book on, um, it's on Amazon now because we didn't want to keep printing it off ourselves. <laughs> uh, but what we do is for our, our in-depth study group leaders, I've written a, a leader guide. And so, it, like I said, you can find that on Amazon um, also. And what it is, is it's just a guide. It, one, it, the first part shows you how to, how to run a group. I you know, have suggested uh, rules, like group rules, um, how to, you know, a group outline. So if you want to run a meeting, what it would look like, um, some leadership points for you as a, as a leader, because to run an in-depth study group requires some pretty strong leadership because you have to, you have to manage that group and keep it on focused. Um, because in our experience, you know, you can get in there and, and people start talking about their problems. They'll start to ramble and, and move around and, you know, and, like I said, lose focus and they'll be talking about things that aren't pertinent to what's going on and ends up, you know, derailing the whole group. And, and as a leader, you have to be ready to say, you know, okay, let's get back to what we're talking about and that kind of thing. So it talks about that. But then um, the part that's probably most valuable to people who don't come or haven't been through our group, for those that are looking to start one, is that in, I have a lesson breakdowns in the in the back part of the book where basically what I do is I've I've summarized my thoughts and uh, behind each lesson and help you as a leader kind of give you some insight so you understand what the point of that lesson is and where the group should get and then also I do that with the questions so the questions are designed to get people to a certain place and, it, and I explain that to you in the book the leader guide um, so as a leader even though you haven't you know if you're listening to this and you haven't been in our groups and you haven't sat through uh, one of those things you can order that and, and it's like having me sit there with you and, and talk you through that hopefully uh, you know I hope to have been as clear as I could, and I wrote it from that perspective of, okay, if I was to try to help equip somebody to do what I do in an in-depth study, this is how I would do it. And so what you can do is you can get yourself some books, um, some participant books, um, and you know, a leader guide, and then you can start your own in-depth studies. And then out of that, you know, you can start to build people who are invested in that recovery ministry, um, but, but by understanding the process. So they've gone through the book, they've gone through uh, this guide, and um, they can kind of understand what, what the process is. And so then from there, we can start to launch anything. I don't know, you want to no. add anything to that? No. No, <laughs> okay. Um, That's been all year, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, well, let me say this, and I will say that, um, that even though this is like what you start with, like it's a, you know, it's a great, great place to start it's the place that i would start um um it's also it's also the place of like great investment you know you should never diminish the role of of this here and what takes place in these groups um you know it's, it's great to have a large platform ministry where we have a couple hundred people show up but more ministry takes place in these groups like real growth um 
<laughs> it takes place here than people showing up in the large group. You know, the large group allows us to to funnel people into this and to yeah. do that, but that's kind of like our goal. Like our goal is not necessarily even to get people to the, the large group, it's to get people into situations like this and these groups to really be discipled. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, because, you know, what uh, uh, the big groups, like our Monday meeting at, in the evening um, is general, right? Yeah. It's not ever gonna, it's not ever gonna, you know, there's a lot of people that sit through the message and be like, man, I felt like you were speaking to me, but there, there's never gonna be anything that is specific to them, like going through and answering questions that are pertinent to their situation, right? From their perspective and, and having to talk about this stuff that they're struggling with. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. So what, what you get out of this though, is that one, they understand the process, they understand the, the, the kind of the program, but two, um, you get people who are bought in, right? They're going to be, they're going to go through an experience life change. And then they're going to be like, man, I love this. And I want more people to experience this. So they're going to be bought in. This is going to be the group that becomes your leadership team. This becomes your initial volunteers to help you launch your big group. Yeah. Um, and so, so you definitely want them to go through it because um, it's going to be your future in-depth study leaders. So uh, like I said, you want people who are bought into the process. And the only way they're going to do that is by going through going through the end-up study. So, um, and, you know, and I say, obviously, I'm, I'm plugging mine stuff, but you can do the same thing. The, the same principles apply if you take Celebrate Recovery stuff and use yeah. their stuff, but I think mine's better. Anyway, <laughs> um, so what you're going to do then is once you have a, a handful of people that have gone through that, now you're prepared to, to launch. If you want to launch, you don't even have to do this. You could just have regular you know, in-depth study groups, kind of like, you know, a lot of churches do financial peace where they'll, yeah. they'll just have, you know, they'll sign up and have people go through financial peace. And that's, um, they you know, they don't have a, a financial service on, on a Monday where they have music and, <laughs> <laughs> and talk about, you know, tax code changes or something. Um, they, if, if that's what you want to do, that's, that's fine. But if you want to get to a place where you want to launch, like I said, a separate service and the value here is kind of what Aaron was talking about. This is the top of our funnel so yeah. to speak. So this is where, you know, people who, who aren't churched, you know, you say, well, we have this recovery ministry, you know, this, and they, oh, okay, well, I can go to that because yeah. it doesn't sound like church. And then they get here and they're like, oh, that's a lot like church. It's like, yes. Because <laughs> then once Surprise. we have, yeah, once we have them here on a Monday and they've been coming and they like it, you're like, well, if you like this, come to church on a Sunday. Yeah. And now coming to church all of a sudden isn't such a hurdle for them. Right. And so, um, same in like we were talking about before, same with our, our Sunday people. Hey, if you like this, you should see what we do on a Monday. It's very similar. So it's not a big hurdle for them to come on a Monday because yeah. it's, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, our, it's just that our approach is just from a little bit of a different angle. And so um, being able to have a recovery service where somebody can come, be in the congregation, sit in the back because maybe they're not ready to go through the study, you know, maybe they're not ready to, to air all their, their dirty laundry, but they'll come and sit in the back for a little while, you know, and they'll, they'll see what it's all about. And then, um, after some time they'll get to that place. And that's, that's where the value from our Monday night is, is that it's, it's a, it's a low, um, a low entry point, so to speak, low resistance in, in entry point into our program, especially because the size now you can come and just kind of be a face in the crowd Oh yeah, and not, you know, be harassed and be like, hey, there's a new person, get him. You know, so, um, Why don't you stand up and tell us a little yeah, bit about yourself? That's right. So um, what I would tell you is if you're going to do that, um, you want to be in a place where you're, you can launch with at least 
you know, like 20 to 30 people, you don't want to start a group and have like six people there because that's depressing. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, th there's nothing like, you know, nothing screams momentum like five people. Yeah. And they're, you know, one of them's the pastor and then like singing the secretary. Kumbaya. Yeah. And then you're trying to do worship and everybody can hear themselves sing. And they're like, I don't want to hear myself sing because I can't sing. And, you know, so so you don't want to be in a you, that's I've seen this happen where people try to launch something and it's, you know, they've got five people and it's incredibly uncomfortable. So, you know, at least I would say at least 20 to 30. Right. Because um, we, we we started from 20 to 30. I mean, after we came back from COVID and, and it was uncomfortable, but it was manageable yeah. and it didn't stay that way very long. So um, and I would tell you this, only do what you can do well. And like I said, I've said that before and I will say it a lot. Uh, if you don't have somebody who can do worship, don't do worship. What? what? Yeah. That? You mean I can't just put on some YouTube videos? and No. Yeah. Don't do that, please. I mean, well, worship's only worship. if the YouTube videos have ads that play in the middle of it. Oh, no, exactly, yeah, exactly. So. I mean, if you, I guess if you have YouTube Premium and you know yeah. that no ads are going to pop up in the middle of your <laughs> thing, like, because uh, what I said at at our roundtable is this: is that people who are in addiction and they're going to come to your recovery group, they're going to look for any sort of reason not to come back oh, because yeah. they're uncomfortable. There's embarrassment there. There's shame, and they're doing everything they can in their power to show up in the first place. And then if you if it, if it looks janky, they're not going to come back, and you've lost your opportunity to reach those people. So if you um, if you can't, if you don't have somebody with that ability yet, don't do those things. If you don't have somebody who can sing, don't put Sister Phyllis up there who thinks she can and she can't because you're, you're running people off. You know, you're not doing anybody any favors because all these years you've tolerated Sister Phyllis, you know, because, well, she's just old and, you know, we just let her do it because we don't want to be mean. You know what? Her, her ego and her feelings aren't more important than the addict who is not coming back to your program because she can't carry a tune yeah. okay so you have to look at it through those that lens who's coming to you who's coming to your program and, and the reason you're having that program is not to stroke the ego of the people that are already in your church is to reach the people who aren't there and so you everything needs to be through that lens and you need to understand that and so you have to be willing to say well we're not going to do this because i don't have somebody that can competently lead worship or i don't have somebody i trust to be in charge of child care you know i can't we can't provide a safe environment for the children so we're not going to have that um and will people not come initially yeah that's fine but you know what you didn't do is you didn't didn't run them off because they had a bad experience what they'll do is they'll just wait you know and then and then when they you know oh you know why well, I've, I've always wanted to go to that thing but they didn't have child care i haven't been able to go oh well they've got it now oh okay well i'll go now versus yeah i went the first time and um you know the the guy they bribed to sit in there with the kids, let my kid, you know, do a flying elbow off the table and <laughs> hurt, you know, he broke his collarbone. And so I'm never going back there again. There's, that's a big difference. And you don't yeah. want to, you don't want to do that. So only do what you can do well. I, I can't say that enough. Yeah. I mean, it really, you know, the bar should be, I'm going to say this, but some Sunday services I've seen don't don't do this well, but at the very minimum, if you're a part of a church, your standard should be the same that it is on a Sunday morning. Um, now, granted, a lot of people yeah. need to raise that bar too. Maybe but, better than a Sunday morning <laughs> in your church, yeah. But if you're coming in below that on on investment and presentation, then just stop. Um, don't don't do those things. <laughs> at the very least, that's what it should be. Now, granted, 
a lot of churches don't have this mindset even with the Sunday, but only do what you can do well. Videos, do good videos. Slides, do good slides. It matters. Yeah. It matters. I mean, we're a consumer-driven culture. You can't pretend like we're not just because we're in the church and people will say, well, it shouldn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter to Jesus or whatever nonsense. Um, one, it does matter to him. Yeah, that's, that's what we call rationalization <laughs> yeah. is what you're doing. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's kind of God's word, you know, do everything as if you're doing it unto the Lord. So, yeah, <laughs> so it really does matter. God um, really doesn't care, right? Yeah, so just, whatever, phone it in. But, uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but only do what you can do well. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this, you're, if you're doing slides, you know, spell check them. If you're not good at spelling, get somebody who's good at spelling to spell check your slides. If you're getting, you know, make sure that it all looks the same. You know, like these are simple things. They're simple things that people don't want to take the time to do, but the details matter. Um, you know, and, and the thing is too with technology today, uh, back on worship, because this is something I do at our church. I'm the the music director here, and so um, you know, you can you can put on pretty good you could put on a really good worship set with an ipad um and you can use some backing tracks some you know an ipad a person with a guitar and that, that can sing that are capable to play the guitar and sing you can put on a pretty good worship set with with like i said with technology today you don't have to have a lot and uh, I mean, I could do a whole podcast on that kind of stuff, but I'm not, I'm not going to bore you with it. But I'm just telling you, it's out there if you want, if if you have the desire to find out about it and learn about it, because you have the desire to put on a high level um, service for the people you're trying to reach. And if you're not willing, if you don't have that desire to put on a high level service for the people you're trying to reach, don't do it. Okay, just keep doing your in depth studies and have people come to those. Okay, because again, we, I would rather them wait to come because you, you don't have the thing that they want and then have a good experience when they do come then to come when you couldn't put on uh, you know you couldn't provide that at a high level and then turn them off to the church altogether so um under that only do what you do well make sure you train your volunteers so if you're going to have sister phyllis run the computer you need to train her on that before service like service is not the time to train like the first time she's putting hands on the mouse and trying to understand pro presenter easy worship or whatever program you're using to do your slides or powerpoint or however you're doing it like you need to have them come in on a day when you're not doing it run through things this is how we do this you know now obviously she's still learning during service and, and you're not always going to be able to encounter every problem that you're going to run into but they should have an idea before you're, the time you're going to do service because uh, that's not the time to learn, right? Yeah. So train your people. Make sure you give them expectations up front. This is what's expected of you if you do this job, you know. And, and if they don't live up to those expectations, be willing to, to let them go from that position. Not Don't kick them out of the church, but just be like, hey, uh, I think you're more gifted as a greeter, so let's do that <laughs> instead. Or, you know, you find somewhere to plug them in, but... Um, not everybody's good at everything, but they can do something, you know. And so you got to find where they're good at, and you train them on how to do that beforehand. Know what you expect of them, and then put them in that position. Um, so they, you give them the best chance to succeed, and you're giving your, in your ministry the best chance to succeed. So um, I would do that if you're gonna, like I said, if you're gonna launch, if you're gonna try to do a big, big person or big person meeting, a big <laughs> meeting, like a like a church service type thing at a, at a recovery ministry, um, have twenty to thirty people. Only do what you do well, and then add things as you can, and train your volunteers. Um, and then that would be the last thing, yeah, is to add 
So like I said, if you can't provide childcare adequately when you first start, don't do that. But then as you have somebody who's like, you know, I mean, I really would love to, to spearhead your children's ministry. I can, I can manage volunteers and make sure, you know, all of our classrooms are, are manned and that kind of, great, you know. Now we'll add childcare because we have somebody who can do it. When we first came back from COVID, we didn't have childcare um, because we couldn't do it. You know, yeah. we didn't have people who could adequately do that. Uh, and then we added it. And then even then, sometimes we're like, okay, yeah, should this, we be doing this? This, is, this isn't working as well as we had hoped. And so then it was like, okay, so, so, so what do we, I mean, we, we actively started looking for another solution, yeah. you know? I mean, and uh, that's something we always do. It's like, okay, if we have some, we, you know, we start something, and it's not working the way we want it to. We try to find how do we do this better or how do, you know, what do we need to replace this with? But, um, you know, if you start off and you don't have, you know, if you're doing YouTube worship, um, you need to be looking, okay, well, what, you know, only when somebody, you know, if some, some rando in your congregation comes up and is like, well, I can play guitar, trust me, there are a ton of people in your church that will tell you they can play guitar. And, and their definition of play guitar is a lot different than like mine as a music director where I'm, because they, they, they'll tell you they can do it. And then you, you know, okay, well, come up here. Let me, let me hear you. You know, we'll try you out. And I'm like, no, I mean, it's, you know, they don't know. They don't understand music. You know, there's, it's, it's a mess. So, um, just because they say they can doesn't mean they can. And you have to listen to them and go, nah, this isn't at a level we want it to be. Um, so you stick with what you can do. And then when the right person comes along, then you plug them into that position. And, and by doing that, and this is something I said at a roundtable, is that excellence attracts excellence. If it looks like you're, you know, ham and egg in it over here and this is just thrown together, the people who are going to make your ministry better aren't going to stay around long enough to get involved in it. Yeah. And so you're going to want to, you know, you, if, if you have a high bar, though, the people who have a high bar about themselves, they're going to be attracted to that and they're going to want to come and get involved. Momentum attracts uh, excellence, you know, and it attracts people who want to do better. People want to feel like their time's valued. And so if it seems like you're not doing, you know, if it's, if it's disorganized, if it's a mess, Nobody's going to want to waste their time on that. Nobody's going to want to, after working all day and, you know, dealing with the kids and all this stuff, they're not going to want to come and just get more stressed out because everything's kind of uh, just thrown together. So only add what you can do when you can do it, that you can do it well. Um, and then again, just make sure that you're training those people. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and, you know, constantly through all this, be feeding the vision, feeding the goals to the people communicating with church leadership, you know, all of these things. Um, it's not a one and done. Uh, this is a constant, constant investment of your time and your energy towards all the things that built built it, right? Um, you've got to, you've got to service the foundation. If this is what you build it on, um, you got to continuously service that and make sure it's stable as you move forward. Or otherwise, you, you get down the road, nobody knows what the heck they're doing. You don't know right. where you're going, and it all burns to the ground. So. Yeah, and, you know, what Marin was saying, yeah, you're reminding people of your vision and your goals because sometimes you can get so in, into the throes of, you know, just ministry and yeah. just you're doing things to do things, and then somebody finally kind of wakes up from their this stupor and goes, why are we doing this? Yeah. You know, they forgot. You forgot yeah, why anything, you do it. If anything, I mean, you should try to over-communicate. Yeah. Vision and goals. Um, we, we try to keep it in front of people all the time. Anybody who's showing up more than twice can probably tell you our goal for attendance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Um, it, it, they know it. Um, they know where we're at too. <laughs> right. It's, it's in front of them. Um, you know, so. Well, it makes them feel as like, especially your volunteers, that makes them feel as, as if they are a part, which yeah. I mean, they are. They are, yeah. And, and you so, want them to feel that way. And that's such. how you do that. Yeah. You're like, hey, everybody, this is what we're, you know, it's not just us, us leaders. This is what we're working towards, you know, and this is what you're working towards. This is what you're helping us to accomplish. Yeah. Um, you know, we appreciate what you're doing and helping us to accomplish. So, yeah, absolutely. You got to keep those vision and goals in front of people in ministry. Um, so they stay focused because it's tough. And, yeah. and, you know, when it gets hard and you're like, oh, I don't have to, you know, especially volunteer wise, you're not getting paid to do this. And you're like, yeah. why am I doing this? And then that's what that's where you're keeping that vision and goals in front of them. Uh, keeps them focused, helps them know why they're doing it and why they're putting up with all the crap that you have to put up with <laughs> in ministry. Um, people complaining and everything, telling you you're doing it wrong. You're too churchy. You're not churchy enough. OK, well. I guess. I mean, we're just reaching people for Jesus, so yeah. I mean, there's that. <laughs> but um, that that's a that's a quick rundown of how I did. Now, I mean, obviously, you know, I'd probably get a little bit nuanced. Like if I had a somebody sitting across from me and they're like, "This is my situation. What would you do?" Um, and if that's you, you're listening and you're like, "Man, I, I I think I could do this or I want to do this," and you have questions about this, feel free to reach out to us at the church. You can. Email it's Aaron at cedarpoint.church or info at cedarpoint.church. Um, I'm more than happy to help you um, get started with those things or answer your questions because um, I've been through it um, quite a bit. Like I said, we've we've been involved in our uh, I've been involved in our recovery ministry here f for about eight years now, I think, and you know, grown it grown it twice because <laughs> or three times the first time, and then we had a you know another time we had a leadership change and then COVID um, uh, each time, you know, bringing it back a little bit more. So, so I've been through, been through it a bit. So if you have questions for us uh, about your specific situation or, or advice, or you're looking for advice about that, uh, by all means, reach out to us. I'd love to help yeah. um, because, because that is part of our vision. It wasn't just to yeah. do it here, but to, 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 to outsource what we're doing here and to make it yeah. other places do that and do it effectively. Yeah. Um, but thank you guys for connecting and um, just journeying with us and, and listening. Uh, I just encourage you to find people that, that they, this can bless. Um, you know, send it to them. Let them know. Um, again, from day one, a part of our goal was to, to help other people succeed in this. And um, the only way we, the most effective way we can reach more people is by helping others reach more people. So, um, but we do, we love you guys. As Caleb said, um, send us emails, Aaron at cedarpoint.church, info at cedarpoint.church, or you can call 918-283-2221. But we love you guys and we'll see you right back here next week.